thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Sound Barrier, Northeast State's official podcast, where we'll be breaking the barrier by getting to know some of our faculty, staff, students, and alumni. Today, we welcome Jesse Carter and Joni Hughes. They are both former military veterans. Uh, so thank you all for being here. Really appreciate y'all. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Jesse, I do want to start with you. Uh, so you were actually in the United States Air Force, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So can you tell us a little, about, little bit about you know, where you're from and what ultimately prompted you to join the military? Uh, so I'm from southwest Virginia in an area called Gate City. I grew up there uh, ever since second grade, so second through twelfth grade, been in the Gate City area. Grew up in the country about 12 miles from the nearest red light, so uh, really just grew up in a really great community. Uh, didn't know I was poor until I was in like sixth grade. Uh, my teacher would always show up on Christmas. Uh, he was a Vietnam vet and always wanted to be kind of like him because he uh, he never ever let let me feel like I was any different than the other students. Um, even knowing that he'd bring ch- uh, turkey to our house on Christmas or Thanksgiving or ham and such, and so I wanted to be a little bit more like him. Fast forward to eighth grade. Uh, that was in two thousand one. I'll never forget it. September 11th happened, and I made a silent vow after that. It was like, you know, I want to do something about that. I want myself to be a be a part of the reason that's going to never happen again to our country. Uh, my brother-in-law joined. Uh, he was part of the invasion of Iraq, and, uh, you know, he went missing a couple of times over there. Like, we, there were days where we didn't know where he was or how he was doing and stuff, and in this modern day for someone to go missing in action and stuff it's kind of like a scary situation because there's always ways to communicate um, uh, more so than ever before uh so when you really have someone that's missing in action and when you have people that show up at your house talking about that uh it kind of uh scares you a little bit but uh so you know those times were uh kind of steps but luckily they found my brother a couple of weeks later and you know things we're okay. I mean, he was a convoy director over there, or convoy commander. Um, so, in twelfth grade, I went uh, decided to graduate and go to college at Mountain Empire. And while I was doing that, I worked with the sheriff's department as an intern in Scott County, Virginia. And you know, I went in there with the focus of like, you know, I want to change my community. I want to make my community better. And one of the deputies told me, he's like, if you ever feel like you're doing this job and you think you can change things he said I have bad news for you sometimes you just can't some people just won't change and I was like well dang <laughs> well you know I don't know what to do so he's like you know just think about you know going out and see the world and come back and then like you know maybe you'll offer a new perspective to things he's like because you'll you know don't be so don't beat yourself up so in 2008 I joined the United States Air Force uh, I was in a delayed entry program from July to August, or October, I'm sorry, and October 21st, 2008, uh, I left out of here, uh, went to McGee Tyson, and from McGee Tyson flew my airplane for the very first time down to uh, Texas, San Antonio, and did basic training there. Uh, got my first shoulder injury, kept on trucking though, uh, passed my PT test on the last week of being there, so I got to graduate with my class I originally went in with, and from there I Deployed, did, did two t- tours. Uh, one tour was to Kyrgyzstan, Bishkek, uh, at Minas Air Base, which uh, during the time I was there, they had a revolution. And 
uh, they overthrew their president while we were there, and I wasn't part of the base. So it was kind of a crazy thing. It was supposed to be a peaceful deployment, but ends up, you know, nah, it never goes as planned sometimes. So, and then fast forward to 2013 uh, or 2012, I was there in 2010, Kyrgyzstan. 2012, I was in Afghanistan, or later 2011 into mid 2012, I was in Afghanistan. Don't remember a lot of my time there, but I do. I do know that our mission there was, you know, was important not only to ourselves, not only to like you know getting terrorists, but it's also important to the Afghan people, uh, having a hand in seeing, seeing the change that we were part of, whether it be good or bad. Like a lot of people don't people don't see what we've seen on the ground there, you know, not seeing the change, and so to be a part of that change, being part of like seeing the before and after. Uh, was something I think is a beautiful thing in the in in chaos, uh, and hopefully it never goes back to the way it was. But uh, yeah, I, I, after that I got out of uh, the military in 2013. August 6th was my last date of active service. I still was in the reserves until February of 2015. But August 6th, 2013, I got out of the Air Force active duty and went. In August 26th, I was in college here at Northeast State. Uh, it was a testament to John and Jess and people, uh, Miss Chandler. Uh, they got me registered for classes and stuff in 20 days. And back then you had to have shop records and all these other things. So it's quite a testament. You had to be a little bit of proactiveness, but, you know, uh, it's a testament to their hard work to get me registered and get me in there. And it's also, uh, again, just a great team all around to, to surround myself with and ever since 2013 I've been off and on going here I've gotten a degree in a theater degree associate science I've also been published I've I did screenplays I wrote as a therapy my very first screenplay and my very first screenplay I won third out of 4,000 people uh, international award-winning writer uh, highest finishing American in this international film festival so pretty cool uh, Tom was one of the people that was there when I did my first screen published screenplay uh, signings, book signings, and the leaps and bounds I made since then even uh, because it was a transition. It was a, it was a crazy transition, not really knowing the, all the issues I had. I'm finally here, and I'm, I've got a fire lit under me. I want to be a part of the staff. Uh, John and Jess have motivated me to where I want to help vets transition because they saw something in me, and it, it helped me see something in other vets that I may have some similar paths with that, you know, if everybody else gave up on them, I won't give up and I make that promise to people and you know John and Jess lived that embodied that and even Tom you know people I've met here before the staff and faculty have been nothing but wonderful and beautiful uh, so yeah wow a phenomenal story and let me just personally thank you for your service we really really appreciate you and you know I was curious and wanted to ask you where you saw yourself going next and you know, do you, so you see yourself uh, a future in higher education, working uh, maybe with Northeast State or another institution with uh, Veteran Affairs? 100% Northeast State. I'm very loyal. And what I've seen from John and Jess and from people like them, they took somebody that when I was struggling, I graduated with a 2.06. A 2.06. And a lot of people's like, you know, Jesse, that's not a good thing. But I can tell you the difference between me in 2016 and me now, I had three A's and a B in my classes. And I've interviewed for a job here at Financial Aid where I want to become a holistic person. I want to 
again, help veterans get their financial aid. I want to help veterans get all the access and tools they need. So this is a way I can learn from the financial aid angle. So yeah, uh, I want to be here. And I also um, want to also help with film and stuff and getting that brought in here into Northeast State. Now, Joni, I, I do want to turn the attention to you now. Uh, so do you care to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, how you got to join the United States Army? Most definitely. So, um, like Jesse, I'm a native, so um, I'm from Northeast Tennessee. Well, I was raised in Northeast Tennessee. I was born in North Carolina. That's where a majority of my dad's family's from. Um, so, we moved to Tennessee when I was probably about four or five. Then my baby brother was born, and then I just got stuck here, uh, which is fine. Um, I love the community that I'm from. Um, I'm from Roan Mountain, Tennessee. Um, I, I loved growing up there. Uh, nothing against tourists, but didn't really care too much for the tourists. But that's a that's something you just kind of tolerate. <laughs> but uh, you know, I grew up not far from a state park. You know, wooded areas. You know, if I got bored, I went hiking. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I had no plans to join the military. Um, it kind of came uh, after 9-11. Uh, I'm a tad bit older. <laughs> uh, but 9-11 uh, happened during my senior year, um, my first semester. And I still had no plans to join the military. I had a full-ride, four-year renewable scholarship to Milligan. And I had plans to do special education. Um, that was my dream from 12 years old. You know, I, I'd seen these teachers work with um, special education students and the time and the care and the effort that they put into it. And it just, I have um, a servant's heart and it appealed to me. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to help people that actually need my help. You know, and it, I did volunteer work, you know, I worked with a special education program, I put my voice onto tapes for kids that couldn't read, you know, they could only hear books and stuff, and back then, there was no audiobooks. Um, so, and then 2002, my graduation rolled around, um, I lost all three grandparents within three months of each other, and um, I realized um, Army recruiter walked in, and the only person that I knew that had been and served and was discharged from the Army was my grandfather, and he was already gone. And I had all these questions, but when this woman walked in, I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do anything. I feel like this is somebody else's dream. I want to go do this. Oh, <laughs> my, my dad, he was raised in the 50s, so... Uh, women didn't do military stuff, you know, like nurses and stuff. He was okay with that. But, but I told him, I said, that I'm just going to go do computers. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm going to go like, you know, on the front line or something, but he was, he was not about it. Um, so there was a span in my life that me and my father did not talk, um, probably about four or five months. Um, and I joined, just like Jesse, I joined the delayed entry program. Um, that's a cross-the-board military thing. Um, that's when you're waiting for a slot to open up uh, for your basic training course because their their courses run from like certain times to certain times, so you have to wait for that to open up. But the delayed entry is good because it gets you physically ready. 
um, for the stress. Maybe not so much mentally because when you go into it, you're like, oh crap, what did I get myself into? But um, I joined um, end of June, 1st of July, took my oath, left the end of October, got to Fort Jackson, South Carolina. It was freezing cold. Um, and I went through my basic training, went to Fort Gordon, Georgia, did my whole year of training for my jobs. I was a technology specialist or computer technician, civilian speak, um, because the title that they gave us was like five miles long. Um, and then I got to my first unit and I, my first unit was Germany. And then a month after I got there, we came down on orders for Iraq. I was in Iraq from 2004 to 2005, and that was OIF-2, so that was after the initial push. Um, it was chaotic at first. Um, we began building projects, humanitarian missions, the stuff you didn't see on the news because they only want to publicize the bad stuff. Um, but some of the most amazing people I met was in that culture. Like, the the... It was amazing. They didn't have all these conveniences and this technology and stuff. And granted, most of, some of it was taken away, but these were like the nomadic people. These were, they didn't rely on the stuff that we rely on. And I couldn't understand, you know, because I, I was the in-between generation. I went from, you know, the block cell phones with a great old big antenna to what we have now. So you can understand, like, I knew what it was like to not have the technology, but I had become, you know, convenienced but at the same time so I was just like how are they happy they have nothing but they didn't have nothing right so I learned a big lesson there that if you're satisfied with what you have in life nothing will affect you it's like the greatest lesson I ever learned in my entire life and it wasn't spoken it was something I've seen so I was 19 when I deployed to Iraq fast forward Germany 21 uh, came down on orders um, for Fort Lewis, Washington. So I moved all the way back around the world and six months later came down on orders for Afghanistan. And I was in Afghanistan from 2006 to 2008. It was supposed to be a longer deployment than what it was. Um, thank heavens those got cut. But again, the people that we worked with was absolutely amazing. Um, a lot of the trouble we had were people from out of country. More humanitarian missions. This time my... Um, the operation that I was part of was completely different. My first deployment, we moved as a whole division. So you imagine like thousands and thousands of people. Um, my second deployment, we moved as teams. So we actually supported other units. So it was a completely different operation, but I learned a lot. Um, got my stripes, um, became a sergeant. Then everything kind of changed because I became injured. Kind of went from there, decided it was a good idea to get married. That was not a good idea on my part. <laughs> um, but that clashed, personalities clashed, that just didn't work out so well. But And I found that out the hard way. But I finally got out in um, 2009, uh, almost the end of 2009, uh, at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which was my last duty station with uh, my now ex-husband. Not my favorite duty station. Uh, I found out I had allergies and all this other stuff. It was way too flat for me. <laughs> um, I've done a lot of things since then. I've did volunteer work. I've did. I've dabbled in this, dabbled in that. And then in 2016, I was like, I'm moving back home. I'm done with this. I'm 
I don't like I don't like being here. This is not home. There's no mountains. I I need to go. So moved back in with my parents for a few months just until I got situated, found a place, whatever. And I looked at my mom and I said, I haven't used my GI Bill. I think I'm going to go to Northeast State. And she goes, why Northeast State? I said, well, it's the only one I haven't heard any complaints about. I'm going to Northeast State, you know. I knew nothing about the place. I just knew nobody complained about it, right? I know that's horrible. Uh, so I went and I absolutely fell in love, fell in love with the culture, fell in love with the campus. Um, but I made the mistake of taking on 19 hours my first semester. Wow. Yes. So um, don't do that. If you haven't been in a classroom situation, and here's my age, almost 12 years, don't do that. Anywho, uh, almost quit, and I sat down with uh, John, and this was when they were in the uh, kind of the main building, and I was in tears. I was like, I'm overwhelmed. I quit. I, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but your grades are good, and I was like, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but your grades are good, and I was like, and he just kept on, and I was like, what I mean I just can't do this and he's like just stick with it just a little while longer I was like okay so I stuck with it and I'm kind of glad I did because now um that was 2017 I graduated last year unfortunately when the world shut down um but I now have three degrees a technical certificate and I graduated with honors all thanks to somebody who just didn't give up on me so uh, Jesse referred to the transition period. So when I got out, I didn't really transition. I still had that mentality that you have in the military. It's go, 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 go. And you do put your best foot forward, but you still have that mentality, so you're not really looking at it on the other side of the coin, right? So I didn't have that civilian mentality anymore. I hadn't since I joined the military when I was 17. So that mentality was still with me. So when I got here, I had to relearn social skills, like literally, like I, I know now it seems like such a small thing, like looking back, but at the time it was so overwhelming. And that was my problem. It wasn't my grades. It wasn't my instructors. It was me being able to communicate what I meant to people who didn't have my experience. Like, I was fine communicating with other vets, but I couldn't communicate to younger students. Like, I couldn't couldn't make them understand, this, this is what's in my head. This is what I'm going through. And it wasn't like an anxiety, which maybe it became so, but it was, it was a communication issue. And I relearned that, you know. And plus, you know, the, the students that I went to class with were completely awesome, like, you know, there was no, there was actual compassion. And I was shocked by that because, you know, some of the things that you see in the world and then you come to that and you're like, whoa, is this real? You know, but the, the, the students, the, the staff, the faculty, everybody here, like it was like a patience thing. And I was like, I just had to relearn to speak to people. That's crazy, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so here I am. <laughs> You mentioned, um, this is kind of for both of you, this might be a little off topic, but the, the nomadic nature of being in the military. You get, like you said, orders come down, you're going to a new base. You may go to a different fort, a fort in the Army, base in the Air Force, yeah. is that it? 
and then camp in the Marines, the right? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My Marine friends say it's, there are no forts in the Marines. It's a camp. Uh, how does the, that kind of nomadic nature of being in the military, when, when you separate and you come back to the civilian world, and you mentioned it was like, just like, go, go, go. Um, and I'm sure in both, in both instances it's like that. But do you take that kind of uh, wandering nature with you too? And how do people around you deal with that? Or is it hard for them to deal with it? Or do they understand it? Uh, I'll let you answer this, Jesse. I think, um, <laughs> so my experience is I didn't realize I had PTSD. So not only did I have like transitional issues, um, I thought I was normal, <laughs> you know, cause I could talk. I talked like my, my issue wasn't communication in the sense of talking, you know, like talking with people cause I could connect with people really relatively quickly. My issue was like, I was not fully connecting with people. I sat there, I struggled. The thing is when I was going through transition, right? We learned how to do resumes. We learned how to do job searches, how to like try to get the jargon the correct way. Um, for instance, I refueled fighter jets in the military. Uh, and when I deployed, it wasn't with units. It was with three people often or two or three people. And I would work with army and I would work with Marines and I would work with Navy. And, you know, I was never allowed to even fully process coming back from even Afghanistan because again, I thought I was normal. And when you think you're normal, you don't think there's a problem. You think you hear an explosion. It's it's okay to like, when my wife was pregnant, I pushed her underneath the table when the dog dropped a bone on top of a hardwood floor, you know. So the transitioning period for me when I was getting out, I, I could write a mean resume, but I didn't know how to take a loud sound. I didn't know how to, cause my thoughts go to immediately to a bad place. It goes to a place where there were a time this kid hit a, a metal chair or something against some other piece of metal. And all I kept on thinking about was like, you know, I'm going to throw this desk out the window. Like we got, we're protected. I'm going to protect us, you know, and doing stuff like that, uh, hearing doors like shut. And then the concussion sound of hearing a door shut when you're in a certain hallway. And it's like, okay, was that, gunshot or what's that you know something else and again I could write a mean resume I could talk with everybody but I didn't really talk or I didn't really connect and so uh, parts of me was like you know I'm normal it took a little while to realize I won and that was okay you know uh, I felt I, I felt like I was the problem and I felt like those are you know the major disconnect those like many times I'd lay up at wake in bed and like I'm lonely, you know. I don't I don't think people realize, you know, that I'm struggling and but you know people did they they um, looked out for me again. That's where John and Jess were so critical. They would notice things about me that I didn't even know about myself. Knew about myself, you know, because the, they dealt with veterans. They dealt with other people that were like me, and you know they taught me that you know hey Jess you're not alone, and what you're going through is not something normal. Uh, it's not something I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't want to push my wife underneath a thing or a, a Walmart associate. Once I almost tried to push her underneath an aisle thing to protect her because an air conditioner heater kicked on above my head. So again, you could ride. You got these. I got had these wonderful skills that would maybe translate into civilian world, but I was hung up 
And so the nomadic culture, in the sense, was like, you know, we were not taught about feelings or emotion, really. We thought those were weaknesses. I thought, and I still think, in a sense, like, you know, they could create a weakness, but also they could create something beautiful. And it took me a while to understand that. It take, you know, there's a certain vulnerability that you open yourself up with being emotional, being passion-driven. And, you know, I've led that with that way. When that, when that light switch clicked on, when John and Jess finally said something that made... I don't know what they said. Again, it was one of them times when it was like a listening session where something just finally lit a fire under my hind end and was like, you know, I'm going to do this, not only for myself, but for my family, for my for my last name, for the Carters. Same reason why I joined the military. When, when you go through basic training, there's a transition from civilian to military. So it's almost like they went, they pushed me through basic training from going from military to civilian. Each time I would come in there, they had grace and dignity and patience. Because <laughs> I was sitting there like, you know, I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave this area. I wanted to leave my wife and my children or my child at that time. I was like, you know, I could go into Washington Mountains. I could live off the land. And I, and I had that dream in my head. Like, you know, that's normal for me. But it wasn't normal, you know struggled with that and then struggled and until I realized that isn't or wasn't normal and it took their patience and dignity and grace and respect to me uh, to help me realize that so I wasn't normal learned how to write resumes but couldn't realize how to convey my mental issues or physical issues um not being normal I'm sorry <laughs> you don't have to be sorry Jesse no, not at all it's <laughs> yeah very uh, compelling yeah. so uh, the nomadic nature. This is why I don't sit still and this is why I stay busy because it keeps me from like driving everybody else crazy. Right. right? Okay. So, um, you both know me that I don't like to sit still. Okay. So while I was here at Northeast State at first, I didn't want to be involved in anything, that isolation process. So when you go through basic training, what he was talking about from civilian to military, they completely break you down. Loud voices, PT, lack of sleep, lack of caffeine. That was the worst. Um, you know, so on and so forth. And it was not to so much just break you, but it was to pull apart, like, um, not to be tacky or corny, but layers of an onion, right? So to get off that protectiveness and turn you in to somebody or something for the military to be productive, okay? That was the whole point. And mentally, you're sharp, you're focused, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, you hit all these focal points within your military career, and then you get out, and that's what you are. That's your identity. Well, then you go to somewhere else, and you're like, what am I supposed to do? I'm lost. I have no clue how to function, right? And what he was talking about is we were transformed with those loud voices and that horrible thing that we thought was torture at the time, which really wasn't looking back. We're like, okay, really wasn't that bad, you know? Um, and then of course you become leadership and then you realize it really wasn't that bad. Um, but they chipped away at that persona and made us realize our true selves with patience and guidance, you know? And then back to the, Going back to what you asked, the nomadic nature. So, when I got out, uh, I lived in three different apartments before I moved back home. I just could not settle. I couldn't find what I wanted. I even sold Avon for a portion of time. 
That was a nightmare to me, by the way. Never do that again. Um, that's definitely not for me. Um, but, yeah. like I said, I dabbled in a lot of stuff. And then I moved back home and I decided, okay, I'm going to do this Northeast thing. Um, first semester. And John's like, okay, come to the Student Veterans thing. And I was like, what in the world is Student Veterans of America? Never even heard of it. I, you're crazy. I'm not going to go. I followed him. So, <laughs> I ended up meeting him and talked to him. I was like, okay, I'll go. So, I finally went. And I was like, okay, all right. People that I can talk to about things that get my experiences. Maybe not my exact one, but they get where I'm coming from. And then I started connecting. And then the next thing I know, I was in leadership. And then I was in student government. And then I was in... Um, foundation the scholars foundation and I was doing this volunteer thing and I love doing volunteer work but I hadn't realized that that during my transition period I had isolated myself and so all that was bottled up of me wanting to help people but terrified that I couldn't connect to them and I hadn't even realized it and so I became so involved so when the world shut down I was devastated like I didn't know what to do with myself I was up at five o'clock in the morning I was like what am I gonna do what am I gonna do I'm stuck in my apartment what in the world am I gonna do so um like I said I was very heavily involved in class um scholars foundation student veterans of America um for a short period PTK um and then I became teacher's assistant in computer science department, and I did the VA work study in the Veterans Affairs Office, which is now the Veterans and Military Success Center, you know. So it, it, I, I realized that I could put that craziness that I drove everybody else mad with and put that energy to good use. <laughs> awesome. Wow. I, I can say this because I know you, selling Avon, things I could never see Joni doing, for a thousand, Alex, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, wow. It's so, yeah. wow. And thank you all for <clears throat> both sharing your experiences with the military, your you know, biography, and, you know, something that continues to come up is, you know, the transition from the military. That can obviously be a very difficult process for multiple reasons, especially mentally, socially. And one of the things that, again, continues to come up is our veteran affairs department both um, both of y'all have nothing but positive things to say about it and i'm curious if to finish us off with i'm interested in hearing why you all think that uh, veterans as they're transitioning out why they should consider giving northeast state a second look well i'd love to tell you guys and gals who are listening and i hope to goodness i could connect with you in some way that if you're looking for a home, if you're looking for people who, who, uh, let, can I, I'm going to rewind a little bit. I went to a, I went to a college uh, on a hiatus uh, in 2016. I was doing a little protest. I didn't like a, a an initiative that came up uh, under a previous administration. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go to another college. I'm not going to give this college's name because uh, that's where I started back in the day and I really respect and appreciate them for what they are they're a college but they didn't have any veteran program really they had when I had these issues again and things I took for granted uh, it was $300 less in tuition to go to this college I'm going to remind you and 
I went there and I had every time I had issues, I had to meet in the middle of the main entrance hallway. And I would talk to someone who did not understand anything I was going through. So I was like lost and I was stuck in mud. Oftentimes I'd see myself calling John and Jess after I'd leave that college and be like, hey, you know, can you all have something that you could just tell me? Like, you know, something that maybe I'm, you know, maybe how can I help the veterans here? And um, so I tried. I tried to help the veterans over there at the, the other college that's local to here. Um, again, and again, they didn't have the amenities. So I want you to think if you're a student or if you're a prospected student, if you're a person who's thinking about getting further knowledge, whether it's a certificate program or a degree program, whether you want to transfer to ETSU or Tennessee or any other college, look deep within yourself and find out what, what is your craziest goal in life. What is something that's really you? What is something that you really want? And I can make this promise to you. Northeast State will help you get there. It will, They will. It's As long as it's you know legal within the confines of law, they'll definitely get you there. Um, so... So think about that, veterans, even military-affiliated students. There's so many programs out there for you. There are so many things. There are so many people here that are willing to help. I myself included Jesse Carter. Uh, and, I mean, I don't mind at all. I will sit and talk to you. I could talk, tell you about my darkest days that were here at Northeast State. But I could tell you my brightest days were also here. And I could tell you it's not because of – a lot of it's not because of me. It's because of the people willing to put in the work, time, and effort to listen, to put in the time and effort to teach – they put the time and effort into having that passion that some people feel like is finite, but here it felt like it was infinite. It felt like it was just something I could come in, Miss Kelso or John would be having a bad day. But, you know, they put that all away when it came to, like, they realized I was struggling. They put their struggles away so, to help me. They were certifying one time, and I'll shut, I'll shut up with this. This was in, uh, I think it was August or September of 2017, 16, I'm sorry, it was. Um, no, after, or no, I'm sorry, it was in spring of 2017. After I did my, my semester hiatus, it was like nothing changed. They welcomed me back. I was still going through issues, but they were like, you know, you need to get to class. You need, they, they kept me motivated. They kept, they were unwaveringly motivated, motivational. Uh, so if you need people that that have had similar experiences to you, if you if, even if you feel like you're unique, and you may be, they're going to try to t get you to the place that you need to be. Uh, the, our Veterans Affairs Department here is seventh in the nation in 2017 or so, seventh in the nation, and uh, you got a lot of experience down there, uh, more experience than probably anywhere else in the state. Uh, we have a SOAR award. Uh, winner down there. He's a staff member of the year in 2019, I believe. So you got to think. Uh, we know what we're doing down there. They know what they're doing. They they do it for a living. They veteran success is what they do for a living. It's not about also certifying. It's veteran success first and then certifying, I believe. So yeah, that's why that's what I'll tell you. What they say, veteran possibly. Yeah. Um, so I, I made it clear when we when we opened the Veteran Success Center. Um, we had the, our little opening speech or whatever, and I've said it multiple times at different different places. Um, we formed a family. Like the military, you form a family. Like uh, my first deployment, we were a family unit. We operated together. I mean, we slept in the same tents together. You know, um, you moved together. 
and you, you become a family. You don't intend to, but you do. Um, and uh, me, Jesse, and there's a handful of others I can name right off the top of my head, you know, that was also involved in student veterans. Um, John, Jessica, we all became a family unit. So I think if not for them, I would have not been successful with my college career because now, um, and I was talking to Tom about this before we started, I didn't take a break after graduation. I went straight into my bachelor's program with Lipscomb Online. So <laughs> um, I did finally decide to take a break over the summer, which was weird for me. Uh, but I am now, and I still talk to John and Jessica, you know, I get to speak to Jesse every now and then. Sometimes, you know, schedules don't match up and I don't get to see him as often as I did when I went here, but, um, I still call them sometimes when I'm having really difficult issues and I'm like, Hey, this is going on. What's your opinion of how I should deal with it? Like, that's how much I respect them. Um, there's also a handful of other staff members here that helped me with my transition. Um, there's a few faculty members, especially in the computer science department, that helped me with my transition and a few other things that went on in my life when I was going here too. So I respect their, their opinions. Um, that right there, knowing that I can call them and be like, hey, this is going on. This is an emergency to me. It may not be to everybody else, but hello, sirens are blinking. We need to, <laughs> I need help, <laughs> you know, but because of them, I am now three classes away from finishing my bachelor's in data analytics. Congratulations. So, and I, my hope, just like Jesse, I've applied for a job here. Um, crossing fingers, anything else that will help the karma there. Uh, but to get my foot through the door and eventually I would like to work on my master's. Um, um, if that works out, I would like to work on my master's while here and eventually get a teaching position in the computer science department, you know, because that's my dream. I want to be that person on the other side that those people are to me now, you know, that are to other vets, um, that help that transition that can be like, Hey, I, don't know your experience and I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I can relate to it. And if you ever need to talk, my door is open, you know, that that's the person I want to be. So love it. Love it. Joni, Jesse, thank you so much again for being a part of the podcast. We really appreciate you all being open and honest about your stories. Well, so. I think it's freaking awesome that we get to <laughs> get to be here. So yeah, it's <laughs> thank you all for the opportunity. Fantastic. Well, hey, thank you all again for um, sharing your stories with us and uh, just really appreciate you all being a part of the podcast. So thank you for taking the time out of your day. And we truly cannot wait to see what you all do next. So, Listeners, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be with us. Uh, please like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening from. Visit us at northeaststate.edu. Make sure to uh, visit John Adcox. Reach out to him, veterans, if you're interested in going to school at Northeast State. We would be glad to have you. We'll see you next time as we continue to break the barrier.